0: So switching gears a little bit, who here loves blood? (laughs) I know, like the question you don't expect. I was going to make a bunch of fake blood, and then Darby was like, I don't know if you should do that. And she's probably right. Anybody get squeamish at the sight of blood? I don't like blood. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I may have passed out a few times giving blood, and uh, yeah, I'm super brave. I do not like blood that much But if that's the case, you need to be real careful reading the bible, right? Because it talks a lot about blood. Did you catch that one song we sang this morning? It was talking about swimming in a pool of jesus's blood Did you get that? That's a weird image, right? But we just sing it. We're like, yeah, jesus's blood. Yeah That's kind of weird, right? Do you ever stop and think about how weird it is? How much it talks about blood in the bible when I first came to faith and began to read the bible and experience it I found what seemed like a stark divide between what god wanted from people in the old testament and what god wanted from people in the new Testament, but in the entire book, I found this weird fascination with blood Like it's almost on every page. This weird fascination with blood in the old testament It's the blood of animals in the new testament is it is the blood of jesus and my question today As we talk about God's character and nature and how he's portrayed in the Old Testament is, what's the deal with all the blood? The Bible talks about blood more than the Twilight books. It just does. Remember the Twilight books? I remember when they came out, um, I was an associate pastor at a church, and I remember a mom coming to me, and she's like, should my kids be reading this? So I read it. I was like, this is terribly written. But I was like, honestly, the Bible has more stuff in it than Twilight does. Um, Really the bible talks about blood more than twilight does So what's the deal with all the blood? I need to do a quick overview of the first two books of the bible And that's a lot to pack into what i'm going to try to do in four minutes. So Stick with me. Everybody strapped in ready to go. We're going to do all of genesis and exodus in three minutes ready Yeah, i'm probably taking on more than I can chew In genesis 1 god hovers over the chaotic waters and he brings order and beauty That's what it meant in the jewish imagination to create if you go back and read genesis 1 1 the spirit of god's hovering over the waters It's this idea of chaos and he brings boundaries to the chaos He makes night and day sea and land plants and animals man and woman And he makes these humans to roll over the creation as his representatives to harness the abundance the life the potential that he has put into the world, and to expand the order and beauty he got started. That's the commission he gives to humanity. He's like, hey, I've started ordering the world. Keep it going. The humans were created to be images of God, to rule earth in his stead as he would. They existed to help the animals and the plants and the very planet to flourish and to become ordered and beautiful. And God asked them to show their love and their devotion to him By not partaking of one fruit in a sea of endless fruit trees and he told them rejecting his love would mean death because he was the source of all life And then they traded their crowns to the serpent and the planet spiraled in genesis 3 This is the first time we get a picture of blood It says that god killed one of the animals that the humans were designed to protect and provide for and he fashioned clothes for them out of the animal because of the result of choosing disorder and chaos instead of order and beauty, they were distancing themselves from God, who was the source of light, of life, and blood was shed because of their sin. Death came because of their sin. Something had to die because the consequences of sin is always death. So leap forward, and the first humans have kids, and those kids offer sacrifices to God, and they kill an animal Apparently modeling the act of god killing an animal instead of killing their parents leap further ahead and the entire planet becomes soaked in the blood of humans killing each other And god says you know what the humans want to destroy themselves so much. I'm going to wipe out the world with a flood But there's one family that god Saves on a boat and god washes the world clean with the flood afterward the man and his family come out of the boat and what do they do? They sacrifice Animals because their lives were spared And so they take the life of an animal instead leap forward again God calls a man named abram to follow him. He promises to make him a great nation A nation through which he will restore the blessing and the rule that humanity lost abram makes a lot of mistakes But god doesn't give up on him abraham builds altars and makes sacrifices each time god spares him despite his mistakes abraham has children And grandchildren who guess what make a lot of mistakes, but god spares them and what do they do? They build altars and offer Sacrifices and then there's a famine and they go down to egypt where god takes a betrayal and turns it into a blessing one of the things I love about them and They are provided for in egypt, but after that generation dies off the next pharaoh Enslaves the people and for years no sacrifices are given they toil away as slaves and then god calls a man Out of the oppressed family Who is raised by the oppressors To lead his people out of egypt Eventually after dismantling The gods of egypt they're freed And encounter god on a mountain ablaze with smoke and fire And he outlines the creation of this Traveling house which has all These little pictures of eden the first Meeting place between god and Man so that he might dwell with them And in this traveling house or tabernacle They are to offer him Sacrifices That's genesis and exodus That's the summary. That's quick overview. Everybody still with me. You still there completely glazed over at this point You got it. Okay We need all that background if we're going to talk about why there are sacrifices What's the deal with blood? So what's god's obsession with blood? Well the consequences of sin Always is death. He warned adam and eve that to reject him the source of life was to choose death Something has to die when we sin when we choose chaos instead of the order that god built into creation Something has to break in our reality to allow It god put humanity in charge of the earth when we sin we actively choose To disorder his creation what he has ordered. We have begun to unravel Sin is an act of uncreation. It dismantles the order and the beauty that God put into the world. The ultimate consequence or result of this uh, unraveling or any act of decreation is the removal of all life. Death is the ultimate Natural consequence of decreation. This isn't like God saying, Well, because you did this, I'm going to kill you. It's rather like, Well, you drank a gallon of gasoline, you're going to die. It kills you. That's the result of that. It's not something that someone does to you. By doing it, you have chosen that. Something has to die to remind us that our actions have dangerous, costly consequences. Sometimes we do things. That are selfish and self-destructive that hurt us or hurt other people that's how the bible defines sin but we don't immediately see the consequence of that and we're like oh nothing happened i'm good but the reason that they gave sacrifices was something died to remind them that i may not immediately see immediately see the consequences in my life but my act of disobedience disorder and decreation is going to have some type of impact and this thing died to remind me that sin has painful, costly consequences. Now, God in his mercy, over and over again in the Old Testament, when his people failed him, said an animal could die instead of them. The Old Testament author has called this atoning for their sins, or another way to say it is to defer the consequences of their sins or to cover their sins. There were three major types of sacrifices offered in the Old Testament— um, and eventually the temple. I think oh, we already have it thank you so much. There were animals like oxen sheep Goats and if you were poor you could give birds if you couldn't afford to give a, An ox or a sheep or a goat you could give a turtle dove or a pigeon We know jesus's parents were poor because they offered a um, They offered birds when they came to the temple with him as a child um, And then there were also some sacrifices that required you to sacrifice flour or wheat or grains or actually to make a meal sometimes and to share that meal. And then there was a third type. Sometimes you were just to give a donation or an offering um, as a sacrifice. The biggest sacrifice of the year, though, does anybody know what it was? Uh, Yes, they they tie in. It's Passover. Yeah. Um, Both were very big celebrations but the biggest sacrifice of animals happened at passover when the jews celebrated the blood on their doorposts in egypt preserving them from the angel of death they recreated this moment each year by having a sacrifice once a year on passover jews from all over the known world would come to the temple in jerusalem they would take a male lamb without blemish called a paschal lamb and hold it in their arms And then the priest would walk up to them with a knife and slit the throat of the lamb while they were holding it in their arms And the blood would run down their hands and their arms. I know. I'm sorry. It's a very graphic Image the male head of the house would come in with the lamb that they had brought and then uh, The animal would be sacrificed on the altar with fire and they would take some of the cooked lamb back out to the family to be eaten the sins of that man and his household would be covered for the year and they would be atoned for they wouldn't be held responsible for the Deconstruction that that man and his family had brought into the world still to this day practicing Jews will eat a roasted shank at the setter uh, the Passover Seder as a symbolic eating of the Paschal lamb I think we have a picture of the Seder ma- meal um, that Jewish people eat at Passover Now historical accounts tell us That the priest would go home after passover Completely covered in blood Accounts talk about them wading through feet of blood. This is why I asked at the beginning if anyone was squeamish about blood. Sorry Not a pretty job Sometimes we read this in the bible and we're like there were priests in the temple and they were doing their thing like it was Graphic it was gross As the head of the household who held the lamb in his arms, as he walked out of the temple with his hands and his feet covered in blood, the family outside would rejoice because they would see the dad or the grandpa, the head of the family coming out, and he would have blood on his hands and blood on his feet from walking into the temple, and they would rejoice because they knew our sins have been atoned for. Our sins have been forgiven we are not going to get the consequences that we deserved we're not going to get what we deserve to get we have been forgiven as jesus walked out of the tomb with blood on his hands and feet it meant our sins were forgiven and that's why we rejoice next week we're going to celebrate easter when jesus walked out of the tomb and the blood on his hands and feet meant we are forgiven our sins are covered He overcame death and defeated hell the blameless lamb of god has delivered us from all our acts of decreation all our selfish uh, Acts that we have done that hurt ourselves or hurt others or hurt our planet Now when I first started reading the bible I was super confused by all this Um, It was really into my 20s before really I got a good grasp on this uh, this aspect of Christian faith and its jewish roots Because it seemed to me that in the old testament you were saved by sacrificing animals And in the new testament, you were saved by faith in jesus Just at a cursory reading just sitting in church. This is what I thought I was like, okay in the old testament You had to go and kill these animals Or otherwise you weren't good with god in the new testament though You have to have faith in jesus or you're not good with god How does that line up that that seems weird did god change his mind? He's like i'm really into blood, but now i'm into the blood of jesus. And so, you know, we're good Let's talk about it in ephesians 2 8 through 9 paul of course says is by grace you have been saved through faith This is not of yourself. It's the gift of god Not of works so that no one can boast And so paul seemed to think that sacrifices can't do anything to make you right with god um and what I was missing when I first started reading the bible for the first couple years is faith was still at work in the old testament You weren't saved in the old testament by doing sacrifices You were saved by trusting god and acting on your belief Just like you are in the new testament just like you are now in genesis fifteen six, It says abraham believed the lord and he credited it to him as righteousness He had a right standing with god. Why because he did some sacrifices No, because he believed God. He trusted God. He believed what God was telling him. In Hosea 6.6, this is one of the prophets. They say, for I desire mercy, says the Lord, not sacrifice, and the acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. Or in other words, he's like, I want you to be a merciful people, not just bring me sacrifices. I want you to know me, not just burn things up. In other words god is interested in relationships not religion he wants people who know him and want to be with him not people who simply follow the rules out of guilt or duty but our belief should compel us to obey like sometimes i'll hear people and they're like well i believe but i'm not going to do anything you know like i'm not going to do anything and make any effort to become like jesus or to know jesus like i believe it that's good enough To say we have faith when we do not exercise our bodies to act on the faith we claim to have is hypocrisy. I remember in Tennessee, I had this uh, lady in my small group, and she goes, I believe that living and loving like Jesus is the best way to live. But in my heart, I just don't really feel like I want to. Like when I wake up, I'm like, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to read this Bible. I don't want to do what's right. I want to go out and party and do these and she goes, so I don't want to be a hypocrite. So I do what my heart wants, and I go out and party so I can be my true, my true self and not be a hypocrite. And uh, I understood where, what she was asking. Like, we don't want to be hypocrites. We want to be authentic and real. But hypocrisy is acting contrary to what you say you believe. It is not acting contrary to what you might desire. That's really important. In fact, many times belief will bring us into conflict with our desires, and what we choose will reveal what we really believe. And what I told her was, if you say you believe this is the best way to live, and yet you keep choosing to live in opposition to it, I said, that's hypocrisy, not choosing to live like you say you believe. Your faith and my faith should move our hands. It should move our mouths. Our faith should affect our work and our speech. It should affect how we spend our money, how we use our sexuality. We just looked at Ephesians 2 8 and 9, but if you look at verse 10, it says, We are God's handiwork. We're literally made by God's hands, handcrafted, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Yes, we're saved by faith But then we need to put our faith into action You are not saved by your good works, but you are saved for good works Or as james the brother of jesus puts it in james 2 18 Someone will say you have faith and I have deeds But I say show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds So god in the old testament isn't asking for something different than he is in the new testament He's in both. He's asking people to trust him, and then as a result of that trust, to obey him. In the Old Testament, that meant showing the world that our sin, our selfish, destructive acts of decreation have consequences, and they showed the world that by sacrificing animals. Now, this system of sacrificing animals continued for thousands of years. Archaeologists have discovered mounds of thousands of bones around jerusalem they keep digging in different places in jerusalem and they just find animal bones everywhere because of the thousands maybe tens of thousands of animals that died Um, horns and bones of animals that have been slaughtered on the altars in jerusalem Um, and then one day something changed a man claiming to be god himself showed up we call him jesus His name is yeshua in hebrew his name literally means yahweh saves he began to talk and heal he began to invite people to follow him he claimed to be the rightful king coming to reclaim the role of the world for humans now the rich and powerful didn't like him uh, because his role would disrupt the power they had been given from the serpent they had him killed killed publicly executed for his crime of attempting to upend the power structures of earth They strapped him to a bundle of wood on Mount Moriah outside the city of Jerusalem at the time of Passover Passover always aligns with our celebration of Easter Did you know that Jesus was killed at Passover? I remember like one of the first times I realized this was in seminary Which is like I feel like I should have realized this long before that but as Jesus is celebrating what we Recreate as communion. It's him celebrating Passover. It's doing the Passover celebration when jesus is executed and so what that means is when the temple was filled with blood when the temple was filled with the cries of desperate lambs being sacrificed the lamb of god went to the cross at the exact same time and shed his blood for us As sin and death and the dark spiritual forces that rolled the world beat themselves to death against him, with each blow, blood flowed out from the spotless Lamb of God without blemish to make a full payment for my crimes of decreation. Jesus paid the price for every time I selfishly chose disorder over beauty. Jesus paid the price for every time I selfishly chose decreation over creation. Jesus paid the price every time I selfishly chose death over life. We don't sacrifice animals anymore because they were placeholders for what was coming. They were pictures to get humanity's heart and mind ready as an act of love. God laid down his life as the consequence of humanity's sin. When the account of humanity's sin rose to heaven, God himself became a lamb to pay our debt. In Hebrews 10, 10 through 12, it says, And by the will of God we have made, been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. He doesn't have to die again. We don't have to kill any more animals. It was a sacrifice once for all. Day after day, a priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices over and over, which can never really take away sins. But when this priest jesus had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins He sat down at the right hand of god His sacrifice was once for all I'm, so grateful that every time I choose disorder and decreation every time I choose death Jesus doesn't have to come and die Again, he died once for all for everything I have done everything I will do for the things that people will do long after me and the things that people have done long before Now the temple in jerusalem was destroyed in 70 a.d since that time the jewish people have not sacrificed animals Because the temple was destroyed that was the place they were to sacrifice am- animals That's where the altar was and the holy of holies and uh, rabbis began to teach that in place of sacrifices Prayers could be offered since they could no longer offer sacrifices of blood in the temple today jews pray at the western wall um, Sometimes called the wailing wall. Sometimes you'll see pictures of people praying there in jerusalem It's the last one of the last standing walls of the destroyed temple They believe with the temple layout that on the other side of this wall uh, Just a few yards away would have been where the holy of holies was where god's presence would come And dwell and people still today are praying and hoping for the temple to be rebuilt and sacrifices to be restored but because of jesus we no longer have to Offer endless sacrifices to atone for our sins He has once and for all conquered sin and death and extended citizenship in his kingdom To all who would become students of how he lived and loved because of his blood we have Because he poured out his life We have life and we can have life without lack I want to end with this quote from A.W. Tozer if mankind had had his way The plan of redemption would be an endless and bloody conflict in reality Salvation was bought not by Jesus's fist but by his nail pierced hands Not by his muscle, but by his love not by vengeance, but by forgiveness, not by force, but by sacrifice. Jesus Christ, our Lord, surrendered in order that he might win. He destroyed his enemies by dying for them and conquered death by allowing death to conquer him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for laying down your life as the ultimate sacrifice for us. God, i'm so grateful that we don't have to sacrifice adorable little animals anymore but lord sometimes i forget the reality of what your death cost you and what the consequence of my sins were sometimes i just get flippant about it and i'm like oh it's covered by jesus it's taken care of and i move on to the next thing and sometimes lord i think that we've lost some of the gravity because we don't go out and slaughter an animal anymore when we mess up. And I'm grateful that you've forgiven us and that we have freedom and we can move forward. But let us not forget the cost that you paid for us to have the freedom and the life that we do in you. God, forgive me for so often not being grateful for your sacrifice, the life and the freedom that I get to live because you lived and died Rose again and ascended to heaven. God, make us aware of your presence and of your love.